Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Indeed. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast. And pro football hall of famer. The General. Sean McClain. Welcome. Welcome to Utopia. And we will uh, we will bring in our, our guest here as we get ready for the Browns and the Texans on Sunday at NRG Stadium. Joining us right now, he is uh, he, he is one of the hosts on Always Game Day in Cleveland. Of course, part of the great team at 92.3 The Fan, our sister station here at Sports Radio 610, our sister station in Cleveland. He covers the Browns. Daryl Ryder joining us right now here on the Utopia Football Podcast. Daryl, Sean, and John, how you doing, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, appreciate you making some time. Okay, so we've been talking about this Browns team. They've been one of the more fascinating stories in the season so far. Nine and five with four different quarterbacks winning football games for this team. How have they done this this year? Well, it's a question we're uh, still trying to find an answer to here in Cleveland because typically when they get to the second quarterback, that means the season just went off the rails and uh, into the ravine. And that's not happened this year. Um, They have found ways. Uh, in my view, mostly because of their defense, uh, which I think is, especially when they play at home, it's one of, if not the best uh, in the National Football League. But, um, you know, I give Kevin Stefanski a lot of credit. I I think he is uh, right now the leader in the clubhouse for coach of the year, in my view, just because of the the fact that they have had four different starting quarterbacks uh, win a football game for them. Joe Flacco, uh, has get injected some life into this team since they added him uh, into the mix. He was on a couch on November 15th, and uh, they get they get him in here, and he's winning football games for him as well. And it's not just a game management type of thing. I mean, he made a throw in the win over Chicago. I've seen that throw 150 times on television. I have never sat in a press box and watched a Cleveland Browns quarterback make that throw where he threaded the needle to Amari Cooper through three defenders and went for a 51-yard touchdown. So this isn't a case where Joe Flacco has come in here and just been a game manager. He is uh, someone that they are leaning on offensively. Daryl, thank you for coming in. You mentioned earlier about their defense at home. Of course, they're number one overall in defense, number one against the pass. But how do you explain the discrepancy, giving up 13 points a game, at home and 30 on the road. Yeah, you know, I, I think that certainly home field advantage is, is part of the equation, but, um, you know, I it, 
I don't think that that's just it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, and it, and again, it's one of those things we, we just got done uh, earlier this morning uh, visiting with Jim Schwartz and the topic came up again. And it's a question we've asked Kevin Stefanski at least a dozen times this year because it's, it is such a stark contrast between how the defense plays at home versus on the road. And it's no coincidence they're seven and one at home, but they're two and four when they play outside of Cleveland. And if they want to, uh, have any shot to make a run uh, should they make the playoffs. They're going to have to do it on the road. I, unless Baltimore you know, collapses and the Browns win all their games, uh, the Browns are not going to host the playoff game. They're going to have to do this on the road. Also good that they have the, the, the best one of the best road quarterbacks uh, in playoff history and Joe Flacco uh, on the team. But th- this defense, for whatever reason, on the road uh, has struggled. Big plays. They don't give a, a lot of big plays at home. They give a lot of explosive plays up when they are away from home. Uh, And uh, so um, they've had some injuries on that side of the ball as well. I know a lot of talk uh, when you talk about the Browns injuries, it's on the offensive side. Look, uh, they had to replace both starting safeties last week. Uh, Grant Delpit's done for the season, so he's not even coming back. Denzel Ward's been banged up, missed a couple of games, came back last week, very limited. Uh, We'll see what he's uh, able to do as far as his availability goes. Uh, Obanaya Okoronkwo, uh, one of the de- rotational defensive ends that they signed to kind of help Miles Garrett out uh, in the pass rush game. He has a torn pectoral muscle. They are wishing upon a star that he might be able to return wow. at the end of the season. They just won't put him on injured reserve at this point. So um, there, there is an injury factor in here as well. But, yeah, it's just that energy that they have at home, they've not traveled with it. Hmm. John, I know you had a Miles Garrett question for Daryl, too, as a follow-up. Well, I to did, Daryl. I know he's a candidate for NFL Defensive Player of the Year, and uh, but I and I know he's also playing hurt. He doesn't have a sack in four games in a row after dominating. Is that because he's been hurt, plays hurt, or is he just getting so much more attention? He's being held. <laughs> uh, th- I mean, that, that, that's what's happening. I mean, it, 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 you know, it's interesting. Every time I, you know, write my stories, I'll go into our, our photo services and I – if I'm looking for a picture of 95, there's at least five per week where he is blatantly being held in the photograph. He's not getting any calls. Uh, they've done the complain real thing to the NFL, right? You do that behind the scenes. You send in the where you, the clarification that you'd like to get on on certain plays. The it, it's not helping them. Miles Garrett then voices his frustration after the Jacksonville game uh, about the the lack of holding calls. Well, guess what? With the commissioner in the building last weekend against Chicago, not a single holding call. And there was about eight of them that could have been called. But he is getting a ton of attention. But here's the thing, too. Um, He's still affecting the game. And, And it's interesting this week. It feels like because, as you mentioned, John, this is the fourth straight week now. He's not had a sack after starting off with 13 and leading the NFL. Um, and there's the narrative out there, well, it's December, so this is where Miles Garrett tends to trail off and, and fade, with the exception of last year where he did finish the season strong. But he is affecting the passer. Uh, he had 10 pressures last week. Um, you know, they're, they're sliding tight ends and running backs and extra offensive tackles and guards his way. He's getting double and triple team quite a bit. But also, like I said, they are grabbing at the jersey. He's getting steered by the face mask. There's one photograph uh, when they played in Denver a few weeks ago. He literally is being chokeholded and, hmm. and no, no, no flag is being called. And he's, his arms are flailing because he's trying to show the, uh, the officials, you know, hey, uh, you know, I, I can't get through when, I, when I'm getting a, a chokehold here. But the other part of it, too, is is um, the, the conversation has been 
Uh, and Jim Schwartz has mentioned this. Garrett has mentioned it. They're frustrated when he gets double teamed, how uh, the way games are officiated, officials don't like throwing flags when a player is having to fight through a double team there. Uh, when it's one-on-one, -on -one, they're more prone to throw a flag if there's a blatant hold. But when it's a double team, that's just the way the league tends to officiate mm -hmm. things. But even though he's not stuffing the box score, the Miles Garrett for Defensive Player of the Year campaign is going strong here in Cleveland. All three coordinators today uh, stumped for him. Uh, Kevin Stefanski on Monday stumped for him. And Kevin does not go out of his way to you know praise his players excessively uh, just as a head coach. That's not how he does things, but he certainly did it on Monday. Well, if it's not going to be, you know, if it's not going to be somebody from the Texans, just know, Daryl, that the Texans fan base here, if it's going to be somebody, is probably split between T.J. Watt, who's, of course, the brother of our legendary J.J. Watt, and then Miles Garrett, because half right. the, the audience are Aggies down here, and they love Miles Garrett. So he'll have a lot of people in the building, I'm sure, on Sunday. I'm curious. Yeah. To, we're joined by Daryl Ryder. Um, it's it's always game day in Cleveland, 92.3, the fan joining us here on the podcast. Um, I'm curious, especially because you guys are familiar with Case Keenum from his time in Cleveland. What are you guys talking about? How How is this particular Texans team with Case at quarterback, not C.J. Stroud, coming off of that win in Tennessee being viewed by you guys this week? Well, it, look, I, from my standpoint, I'm worried for the Browns. I think this is a game where, first of all, it's on Christmas Eve. You know, so these guys are leaving their families and having to go on the road uh, for the holiday here. That's number one. Number two, we, we mentioned the defense earlier and how just whatever energy that they have at home, they haven't really been able to manufacture that consistently, uh, consistently on the road, which is a problem for them. Uh, but Case Keenum, look, he won two games for Kevin Stefanski uh, a couple of years ago uh, here in Cleveland. He won one for you last weekend. I mean, all he seems to do is win as a uh, number two quarterback, um, but he's not being viewed here in Cleveland, I can assure you, as a number two quarterback by this coaching staff, because again, he was here, uh, Kevin Stefanski knows him, Alex Van Pelt knows him, um, you know, so they are not discounting or, you know, breathing a sigh of relief that C.J. Stroud is not going to be on the field. I mean, obviously, that is a little bit of an advantage for the Browns that they don't have to play uh, CJ, but um, yeah, Case Keenum is absolutely being taken seriously. He's he's he he's been a winner uh, everywhere he's gone, um, and uh, you know he won a game for you last weekend in overtime yeah. against Tennessee. So this is not one where the Browns think they're flying to Houston for for a you know a holiday weekend where they just show <laughs> up and 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 pick up their win because Houston mirroring the Browns a little bit here for injuries. I mean, they're going toe to toe on the injury report this week. Browns 16 players, Texans with 15. I mean, it's a, it's a mash unit <laughs> it is. between these two teams. It is. Daryl, I got a question, please. Now I'm not saying this is going to happen, but what if, what if Flacco were to engineer the Browns to their first Super Bowl title, who would be the starting quarterback going into training camp? Probably Miles Garrett, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wish. I, some, sometimes I wish Miles could play quarterback. Um, no, it, it probably be, it, it would be Deshaun. Um, they they have two hundred and thirty million dollars invested in this guy. Um, there's part of me, and it is a debate that even on our local shows that they uh, it's already happening, right? That you know Joe Flacco's coming in and making. Deshaun looked really, really bad because this guy was on his couch and he's uh, set. He's tied Vinny Testaverde for the most touchdown passes in franchise history in his first three starts with seven. 
and he broke Baker Mayfield's uh, 2018 record for most passing yardage in his first three starts. <laughs> and they did not give uh, Joe Flacco $230 million, and they did not give the Houston Texans six draft picks, including three first-rounders for him either. Um, so there is there has been that d- debate kind of brewing here in Cleveland about what to do if Joe Flacco keeps this up in relation to Deshaun Watson. But I'm telling you, there's no out for the Browns that for, for better or worse, they are stuck with Deshaun Watson. Um, they have to be committed to him and Joe Flacco. We have talked to him about his future uh, and he has made it very clear. He wants to play in 2024. So he's not mm-hmm. looking, he's not looking to hold the clipboard. Um, yeah. So if for as important as the backup quarterback position, I think everyone around the NFL is finding out is, you know, this season, I think it's seven starters, including the Browns who uh, are done for the season. Um, it, as much as I'd love to see them bring Joe Flacco back next year. I, I don't know that I see that happening uh, just because uh, again of, I think Joe Flacco's playing himself into another nice contract, which, when you're paying one quarterback $46 million, it's part of the reason Jacoby Brissett isn't here this year yeah. is because they paid him $6 million to be the backup slash starter while Deshaun was suspended. And he played well. Like he was not the reason they went four and seven in those 11 games. It was the defense. The defense couldn't cover anyone, couldn't get off the field to save their life. And if Jacoby Brissett was the quarterback on this team this year, um, and in that very same situation, he probably goes seven and four with this defense and Jim Schwartz running it. So, yeah, it, it's 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 a great question, John. It's one that's being debated here in Cleveland right now. Uh, I've tried to steer away from it because I'm like, let's just enjoy the fact that the Browns are winning. It's mid-December. They're in the playoff race. They're trying to make the playoffs for the second time in four years, which you couldn't say uh, dating back to the you know 1980s with Marty Schottenheimer. So let's enjoy the ride. Then we can fight over quarterbacks in the offseason. But it is a conversation that's already started to percolate what to do with Joe Flacco and what to do with Deshaun Watson. But I'm telling you, there's there's no out with that contract. They are no. they're stuck like the cap hit. Let, let's just we're just having a conversation here. Right. Let's say the Browns say yeah, we're just we're, we're done with Deshaun. Right. We're going to move on. We're going to trade him. We're going to cut him, whatever. The cap hit next year is like $190 million. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they shoved so much of it into the future, Daryl, right? I mean, they, like he's he's made $92 million. The cap only thinks that he's made like $12 million right. or something, like some crazy low number. So, yeah, it's 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 wild. Okay, so one more on Deshaun before we get you out of here. We really appreciate your time. Just forget about the cap. Forget about everything else. And, you know, and, and Deshaun's inavailability may affect the answer to this question, but, like, how is the fan base with Deshaun right now? Is he liked? Is he despised? Is it somewhere in between? Like, what's the emotional connection with Deshaun Watson two years in here? Well, right now, he's not much of a factor uh, mm-hmm. amongst fans because, you know, Flacco fever has taken over. Everybody's yeah. wacko for Flacco now. You see the signs in the stadium and things like yeah. that. But um, I, I, I'll say this about the situation. He came with a lot of baggage um, and – uh, I was actually surprised. His first training camp last year, I, I think I heard one snide comment come out of the crowd. Um, I didn't see any protests at training camp, uh, which I was a little surprised by. Um, after the game, they the autograph sessions and things like that, women and children were lining up to get his autograph and things like that. So the negative effect of the accusations and the lawsuits and the suspension 
the reaction to that was, I think my reaction to it was a lot stronger than the public reaction that I was, I was expecting. I will say this, this Browns team is easy to root for right now. They're, mm-hmm. they're underdogs again. Joe Flacco comes in. He, he yeah. was in a semi-forced retirement. His phone wasn't ringing until Cleveland called him. The Browns have a ton of injuries. They lost Nick Chubb. They lost Jack Conklin. They lost Grant Delpit. They, they got 14 guys on IR. Could be 15 at some point, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and here they are, 9-5, and five, uh, and in the thick of a playoff race. And they're kind of the, the story, so to speak. I, I think that they're the feel-good story around the National Football League. And to be perfectly honest with you, if Deshaun Watson was the quarterback of this team right now, no, no. I don't know that that's actually the conversation. Yeah, probably not. Daryl Ryder, it's always game day in Cleveland. 92-3, the fan does a great job covering the Cleveland Browns. It's an awesome podcast, too. Go ahead and put that on your list, Texan fans. Great way to get a preview from a Browns perspective on the game coming up this Sunday at NRG Stadium. Daryl, really appreciate your time. Happy holidays. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on with us, man. Thank you, Daryl. Same, same to you. Pleasure talking to you, John and Sean.